This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call on plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact, or you can speak to Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Tim Fargo, author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and founder of Social Jukebox. Tim, how are you? Andy, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, Tim. Uh, now you're um, you're geographically situated in Poland, aren't you? Even even despite the American accent, I am indeed. What's the weather doing over there? I have to ask. Uh, it's about twenty six Celsius, so it's Ooh. it's a, it's a it's a nice day. It was a bit it was a bit warm yesterday. It was about thirty two. When when you're in an inland city, that's a bit hot. But yeah, yeah no. It's it's about the same here. It's been very nice here as well in, in Brighton. So you're originally from uh, from from the US. Whereabouts in the US are you from originally? Um, I grew up in Ohio, but I've spent most of my life living in the Sun Belt, principally Florida. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Mm. Okay, so uh, let's start off as usual. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Tim, and uh, and, and how Social Jukebox came about and what it is. Well, I've been somewhat entrepreneurial my whole life. You know, the kind of newspaper delivery, shovel snow, used to buy groceries for people that didn't feel like walking to the store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything that somebody would pay me for that was legal. And I, that was probably just a byproduct of my dad being unwilling to part with money. Mm. Um, so if you wanted it, you had to go find it. And um, so, you know, I've done a whole bunch of things. And for anybody who's listening that is trying something if it's not going well uh, believe me before I did things that went well I did a lot of things that went really poorly so that was a that was kind of my I, I did all those things and I think they kind of trained me for future success um and I had a business that I sold in 2003 and then um after doing a bunch of projects in 2013 I actually finally came out with a book that I'd been toying around with the idea of and then I was trying to promote the book on social media. Mm. I got super sick of spending time uh, coordinating posts uh, because I just viewed it as monkey work. You know, it doesn't sure. add any value yeah. to the person receiving it. So um, I ended up reaching out to the guy that used to be head of IT for my old company that I'd sold. And um, he built me an application that automated my posting to social media. Mm. Um, and that product ultimately became social jukebox which is what i'm doing these days i love the name by the way social jukebox is is that does it behave like a jukebox effectively it does it actually uh, probably the the preferred metaphors it's a little bit like a rotating hourglass yeah um you know that the each jukebox is a database so to speak of content and people typically put different kinds of content in their different jukeboxes and they have different posting frequencies for each one Mm. um and then when all the content in that jukebox is posted it recycles and starts over again so i mean that's the basic elements of of how it works so yeah, so basically, it's um, an automated sort of posting mechanism for social media, isn't it? 
And that's that's correct. Yeah, I I was just wondering what, what are the fairly, what, what are the sort of typical patterns of of social media posting that um, social jukebox automates, and what are the benefits of posting in these ways? Um, I think the, the biggest things are that consistency is really a key, no matter what platform you're on. I, mean, I don't care if it's. I mean, we're on the we're on the big three, which um, is Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Yeah. And and on any of those platforms or any of the others, for that matter. I mean, if you're not fairly consistent in your posting, I mean, and presuming that you're not a celebrity, people just disappear, you know, because it's like they don't see your campfire lit, so to speak, and yeah. then they'll drift away. So the purpose of the tool is that it allows you to plan. I mean, everyone talks about we're all our own media company now. Well, you know, I mean, what do media companies do? Media companies have an editorial calendar, um, and they know what they're going to do before they do it. Um, I'm not saying there's not room for ad hoc doing things where, you know, you surf a trend or whatever that's going on on Twitter or, or Facebook. But in general, it's a great idea to know what you want to be promoting in advance and have it kind of laid out. And that's what the tool really allows you to do um, is is plan your sort of posting schedule so that you know what's going to be going out bef- before the date arrives. And it allows you, again, it allows you that consistency. It allows you to kind of stay on message um, so you know, you know roughly what's going to be going out and when. And, and those really, I mean, those fundamental elements are in many ways, I mean, of, of course you have to have content that somebody actually cares about. Yeah. Um, but having it out there often enough and, and frequent enough that, that people, you know, that you stay top of mind is really important. Mm. Now I know that you mentioned that you do the three platforms. So that's Facebook, uh, Twitter. Well, Twitter was the first one, wasn't it? Uh, and then Facebook yeah. and, and LinkedIn. I was just wondering how do those, in terms of the messages? Obviously, Twitter used to be 140 characters, now it's 280, so it's still fairly short form. But how do those uh, three social media platforms sort of differ in terms of the best posting strategies? Well, Twitter is clearly the more ephemeral <laughs> of the three. Yeah. Um, so. You can get away with much higher posting rates on Twitter. And Twitter, from almost anybody I've ever spoken to, ends up being a little bit of a kind of a hub, um, a sort of connection point between Mm. people and and other platforms they're using, whether, you know, YouTube or, I mean, even Instagram, whatever. I mean, a lot of people get found and redirected to other content via Twitter. So to me, that's... And one of the things, I mean, the reason I was on Twitter from the beginning and one of the reasons I love Twitter still today is that it's pretty much an open field. There are no fences. I mean, you can follow anyone and interact with anyone. Um, there are no real barriers um, unless somebody finds you annoying and blocks you. Yeah. But beyond that, I mean, so that's that's kind of a wide open field. Facebook is Facebook is more of a place to me that, you know, um, there are people who just kind of are resident there. I mean, they, they do a lot of their communicating and interacting and restaurant looking up. And yeah. I mean, Facebook's kind of a, their, an ecosystem unto itself. Yes. Longer form posts. So, you know, um, but much less frequent. I mean, if you were to post, you know, 30, 40 times a day on a place like Facebook, I mean, you would just be viewed as highly annoying yes <laughs> it's funny actually because you mentioned that a lot of people are resident on on facebook um 
a, a lot of the people in Brighton are, are, are residents on Facebook while walking down the streets, and they tend to walk. <laughs> they tend to walk into you. Um, now, LinkedIn's an interesting one because I, I just get the feeling that LinkedIn, uh, certainly a while ago, was not really uh, seen as a, a, a particularly big sort of social platform. But it's changed, doesn't it? Is it sort of? Is it still evolving, LinkedIn? I think it's evolving, and I mean, like all these platforms, I mean. <laughs> Like LinkedIn for particular people is extremely relevant. I mean, I have a friend of mine who's um, like a career coach, yeah. and for him, LinkedIn is a is a completely natural marriage because there's a ton of people who are at that crossroads, or at least contemplating being at that crossroads. I mean, to me, that's from my own perspective, that seems to be the nature of LinkedIn. There are people who spend more time there. It is kind of like maybe their business community, mm. um, like a business Facebook, so to speak, although Facebook has those features as well. Yeah. But I think a lot of people, when they really start beating the ground, looking for work and stuff, they tend to migrate towards LinkedIn. And then if they complete the transition, then they maybe, you know, they, they kind of fade back from it. But, you know, different people love different platforms for different reasons. So, I mean, I say that, but I mean, I know people who just absolutely swear by LinkedIn. I'm not a big LinkedIn person, even though the platform, you know, Social Jukebox services that. I don't yeah. do a ton of stuff with LinkedIn myself, yeah. um, but I certainly know people who do. And are the blog posts on LinkedIn generally longer form than Facebook? Um, well, you have a couple of things. I mean, you have your sort of inline posts and those tend to be longer form for sure. Mm. And, but I think you find different points of resonance. And I mean, one of the things I've encouraged people to do when I've written articles about social media is very often your best bet um, as kind of a newbie is to stick to things that are fairly bite-sized until you establish a bit of a rapport with your audience. Mm. You know, because I mean, if you put out like a 10 page article, I mean, it might be brilliant, right? But that's a pretty big ask, mm. unless it's a really, really a stunning article. Yes, um, you know. So, I mean, on all the social platforms, I mean, trust is really the thing that you're building. You know, like like when I came out with a book, I mean, I thought, oh, I came out with a book, that's awesome. But the reality is, forget about selling a book. Getting anyone to even read your content is a huge challenge. So, um, in terms of you know, going back to what you were asking, like. Post length, I encourage people to try to put out like concise list type things that people can digest very quickly. Yes. Um, and then you can start interspersing like some, some shorter blog posts into that linking to things like that, either on your own site or if you want to write a post on actual LinkedIn or you know, you want to write kind of a short post on Facebook or something like that. But it's from my perspective, until you get some traction, it's a good idea. To, to give people some basic facts and get them to know who you are and kind of trust you as a voice. Mm. You mentioned that uh, when you were first in the early days, social jukebox was just a tool, wasn't it, that you were using like a, like a private tool. But you then went on and offered it as a service. I was just wondering, what was the process behind that? How did that go from a sort of more of an entrepreneurial perspective? Well, I started out, as I mentioned, I was trying to sell my book. Um, and once I started posting pretty much around the clock using the tool, I got a lot more questions about the tool than I did about my book. Really? Um, so being a reasonably decent entrepreneur, I was like, well, 
you know, you don't get any rewards in life for doing the thing that's hard. So <laughs> take, take, take the easy route. People seem more interested in this because it was solving a more expedient or urgent problem, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we, I mean, we just went through a progression. I mean, first we just kind of gave it away as a freebie. We did that for a few months and we signed up 20 some thousand people. Mm. And then, and then, then came the moment of truth though. You know I mean? It's always great to like, you know, when, when you, when you have a free product, it can be very exhilarating to go, oh, there's so many people that are using it <laughs> that it's like, then you put up the payment gateway and you yes. see how many people, how many people really love you. It's normally about 1%, isn't it? We actually, so what would it have been? We got like two and a half. That's pretty good. Yeah. We got, think, five, yeah. We got about a little over 500 people signed up in the first week. Mm. And since then, you know, we've grown up now we have a couple thousand, but I mean, it was, I mean, it was fun. And I, I have to say it's, it's a, it's a very odd business for a guy that, I don't know, spent part of his life as being a bit of a salesman, um, you know, face to face salesman mm. being an internet entrepreneur is very, very different. So there was a bit of adaptation there, but, but I, I mean, and because of my, the geography that we talked about earlier, like being in Europe during the summer and being in Florida in the winter, um, things like that, it, it suits me quite well because I can do what I do from anywhere. So a lot of our listeners are small businesses. Some of them are one-man bands. Um, they're all probably going to be fairly interested in you know, the different ways of posting to the three main social media sites. Tim, what would your key takeaway be for our audience today in that regard? I would say, you know, the critical piece to automation isn't so that you cannot, so you can avoid spending time on social media. I would say the critical piece of using a tool like Social Jukebox is taking the time that you would have spent manually posting and redirect that into providing content that resonates with your audience. Mm. Uh, because ultimately, that is what will drive your business. That's what will drive people to your business. If you if you can become a helpful voice for whoever your target audience is, you know, that's really the key. But the mechanical aspects of posting, um, as I mentioned before, you know, even why I built the tool, I mean, to me, there is nothing that you will do that will make your clients happier because you're posting in a particular way. I mean, automating it as long as it's evergreen content makes total sense. But again, taking that time to, to crafting content that really helps your audience do whatever it is that, you know, is kind of their like ideal world or, you know, what, you know, help them to their goals. Yeah. As a great spiritual leader once said, if you cast your bread upon the waters, back will come tuna and mayonnaise sandwiches. And it sounds like 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 I said, like uh, social media social uh, jukebox actually helps you to sort of get the bread out into the water, doesn't it? it? Sort of automates it for you. Yeah, and I think any time you know whether it's in social media or anything, I mean, I think any time you can find ways to eliminate busy work um, so that you can stay focused in on things that actually kind of move the needle in your particular business. Yeah, I mean that's really a key and and it's super easy though to fall into some of those mechanical things are really fun like i'm fiddling with my phone or fiddling with a website doing something and it's sort of make-believe work <laughs> you know the, yeah. the the favorite of procrastinators everywhere and i speak from personal experience in a big way it's like i have a project to do but first let me clean the kitchen <laughs> yes 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 <laughs> i'm gonna write a blog post but this table really needs organizing <laughs> um so you know i think getting 
like offloading things like that that are are necessary and you know they're they they twist that argument of well of course i need to do this um but there's things like that that you can hand off so yeah, you can get yeah. back to the business at hand yes i must clean the garage but first i must polish my headphones um <laughs> now you've written a couple of books haven't you tell us about your books well the first book i wrote when um Way back when I was in the investigative business, that was the business I sold in um, 2003. And we did insurance investigations and, you know, talking about content that matters to your audience. One of the problems I noticed as the owner of the company, because we had um, a couple hundred investigators, we got a lot of assignments where people didn't really assign cases on the right kind of people. I mean, they were. They were getting annoyed with someone and then having them investigated instead of looking at like real red flags and things like that. So mm. they were mis- they were misusing what we did, which led to two things: like them being frustrated that we didn't get quote unquote results, mm. um, and then it was frustrating for our investigators because if you send them out on somebody who's really hurt, because most of our cases were bodily injury claims, then it's boring, right? You know, mm. I mean. A fraud, a true fraud case can be fun because the person's out, you know, in a rodeo or something like that, and that's a much more interesting story to tell and much more interesting case to work. Yeah. So, by writing a book about called "Claimants, Lies, and Videotape," um, which was about using investigations, we, we tried to move our clients into a more informed decision making of using our product and and how t- to use it and interact and get their best bang for their buck. Mm. Um, and that was a great Trojan horse, to be honest. I mean, I ended up speaking at conferences all over the U.S. I ended up speaking in claims offices all over the U.S., and we got a ton of business out of that. So that was my first foray, and but you know, kind of a nonfiction instructional book. Mm. And then Alphabet Success, which was my second book, was really uh, it's a series of acronyms, and they're all pretty basic business lessons. Um, they fall in the category of um, things that you probably know, but then they're the things that you know, but are you doing them? Yeah. And that probably is the key element of that book is there's a lot of things in there that I view as fundamental things that are super important to do, but are often overlooked. I mean, right down to like things like thank you notes and how you know, people are like, well, I sent I sent an email. It's like, yeah. you know, you know, and, and I mean, as an example, I use an example in the book. I mean, I bought a Lexus, and you know, I didn't even get so much as a note from this person after making you know over fifty thousand dollar purchase, and this is many years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so call it a hundred thousand now. Yeah. And I, you know, I wasn't expecting like them to pour their soul out to me, but you know, a little, hey, I really appreciate your business and love to see you. You know three, four, five years, whenever you want to come back and buy another car. But there's a lot of little things like that. So that was that book. Amazing. So um, presumably these books are still available at normal channels? Claimants, Lies, and Videotape, that book actually got sold when I sold my company. Uh-huh. Uh, so, But I didn't really have any need for it once I, the company was gone. Sure, yeah. But Alphabet Success is still on Amazon in, um, in America and in uh, the UK and Europe. Fantastic. And how can our listeners find out more about you and Social Jukebox? You can go to the site, um, socialjukebox.com. Anybody that wants to check me out, I mean, the easiest place to find me is Twitter. And my handle is at Tim underscore Fargo, F-A-R-G-O. And if anyone ever has a question or, you know, a question like for me personally or about Social Jukebox, um, you can reach me at, at Tim 
at socialjukebox.com, and that goes directly to me. You will not get a response from a, an assistant. You'll get a response from me. From the real man himself. Well, Tim, yes. thanks thanks for coming on so much. And thanks for listening, all of our listeners. Show notes will be in the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash IM podcast. Um, please leave a review if you're enjoying the show. That'd be fantastic. If you want to contact us with questions or suggestions, email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. We have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. That's all from me, Andy. And it's all from Tim. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tim, and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. Internet Marketing.